This episode of Ladies Who Punt is brought to you by Inglis. Inglis has had over a century of turf champions go through their sales rings. And now with their pink bonus series, there has never been a better time for women to join in on the fun of racehorse ownership. That's right, Grace. With the bonus prize money up for grabs, the Pink Bonus Series is a great initiative to get more women involved in racing, making Inglis a fabulous partner to ladies who punt. We can't thank them enough for supporting our podcast and the representation of women in the racing media. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. My name is Fiona Blair, and I will be your host today. Normally, there is two of us, but the lovely Grace Ramage, who is usually here, is still away on a holiday, lucky lady. And I'm bringing you another episode in my interview series. So let's take a little quick look back at what we've covered so far while Grace has been away, because it's been been quite a lot. So my first interview was with Shannon Betts, all about breaking and educating, And then I chatted to Lizette Margini, one of our very own Ladies Who Punt community members, all about the craft of millinery. And then in our last episode, I chatted to Jen Kravchik, who walked me through the reset program put in place at Racing Victoria, all about post-racing welfare. So these three topics, I guess, are a little bit out of the box from our usual sort of form episodes and decoding the different parts of form analysis. But it's been really interesting chatting to all of these women and showcasing, you know, their hard work and expertise. And I'm really excited about this week's guest. So today I am chatting with Maddie Dunbar, and she is a shuttling stallion handler at Dali. At the moment, she is in the UK. The stallions are currently in quarantine, about to head back to Australia because the serving season starts on September 1st. So I had to get up at an ungodly hour to interview Maddie. It was, I think my alarm was set for quarter to four in the morning to interview her at four, which was 7pm over in the UK. And, you know, I was just thrilled to be joined by Maddie. She's young and incredibly hardworking and talented. And over in the UK, she has been working with the stallion Harry Angel. And that's really exciting because he's very much an up-and-coming sire. His oldest progeny are just two years old. So it's only his first crop that is racing. So he is what we would call a first-season sire. He's only got two-year-olds out on the track. And he's had pretty good success so far. So three of the racehorses you might be familiar with who are by Harry Angel Uh, Arkansas Kid, who is a listed English banner winner, as well as coming third in the Blue Diamond behind stablemate Little Bros. And then also we have stakes winners Tom Kitten and Stretton Angel. They're the most prominent progeny here in Australia, but in the Northern Hemisphere, he's already sired a couple of group winners, including Aldisim and Marshman. He's certainly a sire on the rise. His yearlings have been selling incredibly well at the sales. So it was really cool to chat to Maddie about him and his personality and what he's like to work with. And I guess it's important to explain here that for those who aren't familiar with the breeding industry, it's only really in the last few years that we've seen a rise of female stallion handlers here in Australia and New Zealand. It's a very male-dominated space. And in terms of Maddie being a female Shuttling stallion handler. I've never even heard of one before Maddie. So it's incredibly rare to see females in this type of job traveling with the stallions and working with them both in the northern and southern hemisphere. 
So this makes Maddie like very unique and a very interesting person to chat to. So we'll get into that interview in a minute. But before we do, you know, I need to do my housekeeping. I've been, you know, making this a priority while Grace has been away. So firstly, I just want to say welcome to anyone who might be listening in for the first time. Hopefully you enjoy the content. And then for those who have been here a long time or a short time, there are a few things that you could do to help support the Ladies Who Punt podcast. And they are number one, subscribe and follow wherever you are listening. So whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button. And also just leave us a quick review while you're there. We love to read those reviews. Secondly, follow us on social. So we have an account on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find a link to our Facebook social club in the show notes. All you have to do is search Ladies Who Punt on any of those social media platforms and you will find us. Lastly, what I would really encourage anyone to do who hasn't yet is subscribe to our weekly newsletter. It's called Weekly Mail by Ladies Who Punt and it drops into your inbox every Friday morning. So in this newsletter, we have a deep dive article where we really like it into the nuts and bolts of a topic of horse racing. When Grace is not on holiday, we do have some uh, weekly tips and form indicators uh, for the weekend's racing. And then we also have our community black book, which is a really cool part of the newsletter because it gives a list of all the horses associated with the ladies who punt community who are racing over the weekend. And that means that we can, you know, cheer each other's horses home, maybe have a little bit of a bet on them. Yeah, that's a really fun part of the newsletter. And then there's also a couple of extra things like our fashion spotlight and our off the track recommendations um, about, you know, what content Grace and I are consuming that week, you know, TV, books, uh, podcasts, whatever. Anyway, if that is something that sounds interesting to you and you'd like to be a part of, uh, make sure you subscribe to it. The link will again be in our show notes. Okay, so I think we better get stuck into this interview. Now, as I mentioned at the top, we recorded this in the wee hours of the morning here in Australia, and I'm sure I'm going to sound very tired and croaky. I actually had already recorded this introduction this morning, but I just found myself so tired and so croaky. I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to have to redo it because it really wasn't my best work. <laughs> so hopefully uh, I don't sound too exhausted in the interview um, and you enjoy the chat with Maddie. Let's get into it now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, this week I'm really excited to welcome in Maddie Dunbar to the podcast. Maddie, you are a shuffling stallion handler which is so exciting to sit down and chat to you today because I don't think there's many female shuffling stallion handlers uh, out there as far as I know you'll be able to elaborate. First of all Maddie welcome and tell me where are you joining us from today? Hi thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am in Newmarket in the UK at the moment. So Maddie you're joining us from Newmarket today. What stud are you working at and, and how many stallions are you working with there? 
So I'm working at Dalham Hall Stud for Godolphin. Um, there's currently 13 stallions that we are we have had this season that I'm working with. And I guess the first thing I, I think we should probably highlight to our listeners is that you probably don't work with every single one of those stallions. How does it work? Are you matched up to certain stallions? And I guess if that's the case, who are you matched up with? Yeah, so there's 13 stallions on the roster at the moment. Uh, I'm matched up with Harry Angel. I've looked after him for the past seven months. Uh, he is one that I've shuttled with and I will go back to Australia with him uh, as along with the other three uh, shuttling stallions. Amazing. So I'm really excited to hear that you are Harry Angel's handler because I work at Lindsay Park and we have a very nice Harry Angel and Arkansas kid. So it's great to be able to chat to you about him. I feel like he's a he's a sire on the rise for sure. What's he like to work with, Maddie? He's a very cool horse to work with. Uh, very chilled, laid back. He has a great temperament and I've worked with a few of his babies and they have a great temperament like him too. Definitely. Well, the ones I've seen certainly do and they're all gorgeous just like him. So, Maddie, you work in an incredibly male-dominated space, which in recent years has seen an upswing in the number of women joining the ranks of stallion handlers. How did you come into this sort of role? What's your background and how did you get to this point? So um, I started writing track work when I was 16. I used to do that before school. And then when I left school, I got a job at Godolphin. I started there in 2020. I was there for the breaking season as just a track work rider. And then after my first breaking season, uh, they needed staff for the stallion season. And they asked me if I wanted to try the stallions. And I thought, why not? It's something different. And then since then, I've worked with the babies being a track work rider. And I've recently started breaking in there. And then that normally goes from January until they're finished around May, June time. And then I do the breeding season from September to December. And I love being able to do both the seasons. It keeps my year interesting. And, yeah, I just go back and forth between breaking and breeding. Wow, that's so interesting. So you're working in two areas that are very male-dominated. We did an episode on breaking a few weeks ago, and it was very hard for us to find a woman who would be able to describe the breaking in process. So, yeah, incredible and great that you get that variety and you still get to keep your riding as part of your job. So Maddie, you're the first woman that I've heard of that shuttles with stallions. How many women are represented in this area? Um, yeah, it's it's not common around here for a female stallion handler. I think from what I've been told, I'm the first female stallion handler in the UK. Uh, women are involved. Oh my in, gosh. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, there's so many women in the industry around Newmarket though, like the gallops and the, the yards in Newmarket are just filled with T- such talented women, but um, stallion handlers is the main uh, male-dominant area in the industry here. Why do you think it's so male-dominated? Uh, I think it's just it's always been that way and it's very old-fashioned here. I think it's not widely known that females can do it, so I don't think a lot of females think they can apply. I've had a lot of people, a lot of females come up to me after parades and say, wow, that's so cool. I didn't even know that was a thing that females could work with stallions. So I just think a lot of people just don't know you can. And I think a lot of places probably aren't willing to take a chance on females. I was very lucky that Godolphin is very big on females. We have a lot in our stallion barn. It's probably more females than men at the moment uh, in Australia. 
So, yeah, I was very lucky for that. That's so cool to hear, uh, you know, in Australia that it's quite progressive. You know, hopefully the UK is catching up. And it's great to be able to chat to you because you're right, some people, some women don't know that this is a career option for them. So you said in in Australia that the stallion barn is almost filled with more women than men in terms of handlers. Why do you think Dali's been so strong on getting women into the stallion barns in Australia? Well, most of our female staff at the stallions, they come from breaking like I did. And they've just done the same thing how I started. We start at breaking and then the opportunity comes up to go to stallions. So uh, lots of people come into it that way, as well as outside staff too. Um, but yeah, a lot of our stallion start team is from inside the farm. Um, it's great. We all work together then. We all know each other. Uh, but yeah, anywhere it's not really widely advertised. So I think that's a main issue with not getting enough female staff. So it's not a job that, you know, you'd see an advert on Seek for. And I guess that's because it's so specialised. So I guess let's talk about that. What was your training like to to work with these horses? We kind of just started and we got told the basics and you kind of, it's kind of a learn as you go sort of industry, I think. Confidence is a main thing with stallions. It's probably a must. Um, they... They love taking any opportunity to play with you or take advantage of you if they can. So confidence is a big thing with them. And it can be intimidating because they are such big, strong animals, but uh, they're just another horse, I guess. And when you, you've handled horses your whole life, you just learn to treat them like any other horse and treat them with respect and they treat you the same. So Maddie, the breeding season starts over here on September 1st and at the moment you and Harry Angel are over in the UK. So describe to me the process of getting him back to Australia. What are the steps and what does the journey look like door to door? So the stallions do a two week two weeks quarantine at our facility near the stud in Newmarket before they fly. They're currently at it right now. Um, it started on the 17th of July and it will finish on the 31st of July when myself and them will fly back to Australia. Uh, while on the plane, each stallion gets a large travelling box on the plane to themselves. It's big enough for them to move and lie down and sleep. They all hand, handle the, um, the plane trip really well. Most of them just lie down and sleep the whole way. I think it's about, it's about 20 to 22 hours maybe in a plane. Uh, they don't get off or anything. They go on the plane the whole way. Uh, when we land in Australia, they will do two weeks quarantine at a facility in Melbourne and then they will travel by truck to our Northwood and Kelvinside studs. Northwood is in Victoria where um, some of the stones will go to and Kelvinside is the one where I'm at in the Hunter Valley. Yeah, right. That's so interesting to hear how much time they have to spend in quarantine. Now, before you were telling us about the basics of handling stallions and you said they're just like any other horse, but... Is there, you know, a difference between how you might handle an unbroken two-year-old colt versus Harry Angel? I found it very different to go from working with the yearlings and two-year-old colts to then go to stallions. Uh, stallions can be easier in a way than yearlings as they are very educated and they know what their job is, like they know how to lead, parade. Um, most of that is pretty easy going for them, um, but they also have a much stronger personality than a yearling and they will never miss an opportunity to take advantage of you if they feel they can. So 
they are a lot more difficult than yearlings in a way, but they're educated and you don't have to try and teach them the basics like a yearling you're breaking in, you would have to. How long have you been working with Harry Angel and describe to me the partnership that that builds between you and your stallion over time? Um, I started working with him last year. I did the season in the European barn at our at uh, Kelvin side. We have a European and Australian barn and I was in the European barn and Harry Angel was in there. I didn't have much to do with him until I shuttled with him and I moved to the UK. Then I was given him to look after for the seven months that I've been here. And um, it's been great. I love looking after one horse. Uh, you get to know them so well. Stallions are creatures of habit and they love routine. You learn to read them really well. I can always tell what mood they're going to be in. Like as soon as you walk in the box in the morning, you know what mood they're in. You know how to handle them for that mood. Um, it's great being familiar with the stallion from calling them in from the paddock and then running up to you to parading them for clients and knowing exactly how they will behave and how to handle them for each situation. I think the stallions prefer to have a single person look after them. Uh, every stallion on the yard has a great rapport with their handler and it shows through everything we do with them. And Maddie, these are big, strong and sometimes dangerous animals to work with. How do you keep yourself safe when you're working with them? I guess you know there's always a risk when working with any horse. Knowing the horses well is a big part of staying safe. You learn to know yours and the stallion's limits. When I arrived in England, I only knew the four stallions I had shuttled with. So for me, listening to all the guys in the yard about each horse and what they were like was a big thing. Uh, Apart from staying safe during day-to-day duties, when in the covering shed we wear helmets to help protect us from any head knocks. You know, stallions, they like to rear and covering mares can be quite intense at times and a helmet is an easy thing to help keep us safe. Yeah, I remember um, from my time on the studs a few very uh, interesting experiences in the covering yard. It's, It's a very high adrenaline space and And I guess we should probably describe how that works for people because, you know, unless you've been in there and experienced the, you know, the adrenaline and and everything that's going on, you would just not realise, you know, how much goes into it. So let's talk about that quickly. How does it all work in the covering barn? Could you take us through step by step? Yeah. So it's different from, I found it very different in Australia to England. In Australia, we will have a teasing yard and we have a teaser. And um, a teaser is basically a stallion that uh, he his job is to go up to every mare in yards and tease them. And he will see where they're at uh, in the season and um, see if they're in the mood, not in the mood, and <laughs> we can determine <laughs> how that mare is going to react in the shed. And that basically... It saves us a lot of time in the shed uh, knowing if they're going to kick and if they're not going to cooperate very well, then the teaser, his job is to jump on the mares. Um, He has a little suit on (laughs) and he will jump on the mare and uh, make sure she is not going to kick our expensive stallion pretty much. Yeah, so he he takes his... He's sort of the the guinea pig, I guess, and makes sure that she's nice and receptive and she's not going to do anything silly once she gets into the serving barn. Yeah, pretty much. And then, yeah, the mare will come into the serving barn. Uh, She gets, before that, she gets washed up and cleaned properly. 
uh, comes into the serving barn and then the stallion will come in and, yeah, he knows what his job is and then they go back out to the paddock and have a great day. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess um, something I want to paint a picture for people is is who's in the barn. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've done it, a few years. Um, So you have someone holding the mare. You have someone on the stallion yourself, that would be you if it was Harry Angel. And then you can have someone who's there to hold the mare's tail out the way. And either, you know, I'm not sure how it works with with how you do things, either the person holding the stallion will check for a pulse, which is basically checking for ejaculation, or someone else might do that, you know, a fourth person. Yeah, definitely. We have at least one person on the mare, one person on the stallion, one person we call pointing the shed, like he will hold the tail, uh, check for the pulse. He will direct uh, the person on the stallion saying when the stallion is ready to hop on the mare, how far away he is and basically tell you when to go and when to stay and everything. So at least three people in the shed. Yeah, at least three people and sometimes three horses because some of most of these mares will also have like a foal at foot. So the foal sort of gets tucked away safely in a little sort of small yard within the serving barn while mum is off doing her job and then they're reunited afterwards. But it's very noisy in there. You know, the stallions can come in on their back legs, roaring, ready to go. And yeah, the adrenaline is high. And I, I used to love being in the serving barn. It's a real buzz. So thank you so much for for helping me describe that to our listeners. From there, what do you think are the most important attributes a stallion handler should have to be successful in working with their stallions? Uh, Like I said earlier, I think confidence um, is a big thing with stallions and also being able to listen to others. um, They are very important qualities. Uh, Knowing your limits is important too with stallions. Um, listening to your peers is huge. I think there are so many ways to deal with horses and everyone does things differently. All the stallions have their own unique personalities and listening to others with more experience and taking little bits from everyone. Yeah. You really find what works for you and that stallion. And Maddie, you talk about your limits. What, what do you mean by that? Are you able to elaborate for us? Being brave and confident is one thing with stallions, but I think if you're not brave and you're not confident, I think you you don't need to try to be a hero sometimes because that can end up getting you hurt. Like it's when knowing your limits with the stones and what you can and can't do is a big thing because sometimes trying to do more than you can can end up getting you hurt also. Mm, and I guess, you know, as a risk also to the stallions, right? Like if, if they get yeah, loose and yeah. hurt themselves. So I guess what you're describing is, is if you're in a situation where you're feeling a bit uncomfortable or maybe a bit out of your depth, you can ask for some assistance, someone else to, um, you know, who might be having a good day to come in and take take a hold of, of your boy. Would that be right? Yeah, um, definitely. I think you have to be confident and you have to know you're confident when handling them. Otherwise, things can go pear-shaped really quickly. Yeah, that's so interesting. Now, we are about to start serving on September 1st. So what are the preparations that a stallion needs before he starts serving? Because it's quite a big workload for some of them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Most of our stallions will cover over 100 mares a season. And so the ones that shuttle will cover over 100 in Australia and 
over 100 in the UK. So it's a big year for them. Um, in the UK, before the stallions start serving, they start getting walked daily for about an hour or just over an hour around the farm to build up their fitness as well as um, getting lunch some days too. In Australia, the older ones will get walked around the farm while others will uh, get lunged or put on the walker to help with their fitness. Yeah, great, because it's, it is very physically demand a very physically demanding job and they need to be in, you know, the best health that they can be. Some of them are serving, you know, up to four times a day if they have a really full book of mares. Take us through what your day looks like in the breeding season. So in Australia, uh, the, they will cover mares at 6 a.m., 11 a.m., 5 p.m., and they will have the occasional 10 p.m. cover too. Uh, not all stones will cover at these times. It depends on when the mares are ready to be covered. And in U- the UK, they will cover at 8 a.m., 1 p.m., 7 p.m., and midnight most nights too. And in between those covers, you know, we will muck boxes, exercise the stones, and make sure the area is always tidy as well as having our normal breaks in those times. Although you do Harry Angel's covers with him, are you still around to assist in other covers at all those different times? Yeah, uh, everyone, well, most most people on the crew will do stallions. Like we, we all swap around between stallions, mares, and uh, in the UK we handle the foals. So we'll all swap around between that. Uh, we try sometimes to do our own stallions, but you do – we have two sheds and whoever is just the appointed stallion person for that shed will just bring down all the stallions for that one shed. Yeah. So you get to handle a range of different stallions. Mm. So something a little bit lighter now, uh, which stallion would you most like to meet or work with? You know, they could be alive or dead. Who would it be and why? I think that horse for me would have to be Animo. Um, Animo is a very special horse for everyone at Godolphin as he was homebred and he will be standing at Kelvin's side where I'll be working in Australia. Uh, he's very special to everyone there and especially me. You know, he was broken in at the time when I first started riding there. So I got to see him go around the track and I had one ride of him when he was a baby. So it'll be great to see him in action this breeding season and get to know him a bit. Yeah, that's so exciting. Of course, Animo is coming. And I guess yeah. you know, while we're on him, what was that? What was it like riding him, Maddie? Did you get a sense there was greatness underneath you or was it just another horse at that point? At that point, he was just another horse. We had a lot of babies coming through, but he was very good. There was another girl that rode him every day when he was broken in and she said, yeah, this horse, he's going to be something great. And wow. she said, Maddie, you got to have a ride of him. And, like, we swapped horses one day. And I was like, yeah, this he is pretty cool, you know. Like, he has got something. But, she, yeah, she did. She knew it straight away that he was going to be something great. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Was there anything particular or was it just the vibe she got off him? One thing she did love and that he did have was when you you pushed him and you just you asked him to go and he would – he would just do anything for you. Yeah, he was he was a great horse and he just had a lot of heart in him. Oh, that's so lovely to hear and, and so cool that you're going to be able to see him, you know, as a baby and then come back as, you know, one of the hottest stallions on, you know, the Australian roster. My last question for you, Maddie, is for other women interested in working with these incredible animals, what would you suggest to them? I would say just go for it. You know, the opportunities for female stallion handlers doesn't come up often and everyone just assumes that it's a male's role 
when they see adverts for um, stallion handlers wanted. So I think most females just don't bother applying because they don't think it's for them. But you never know until you try. And just putting yourself out there and always taking advice from anyone in the industry, even if you think you might not, it might not work for you, people will always be willing to help you if you're willing to listen. That's really great advice. And I guess I've got one more question now that we're at the end. Maddie, what is your favourite part of working with the Stallions? Oh, getting to know them and their quirks and personalities and their temperament is so cool. Like They all have really different personalities. And then I love going back to the breaking barn and breaking in their yearlings and seeing all their personality traits passed down to the offspring. I think that's really cool. Like, I love that part of just getting to know the Stallion and then you see it through their progeny when you're riding them and when you're getting to know them. And I think that's just really cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maddie, I won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much for joining me today and, and chatting through your role as a stallion handler. It's been very interesting and good luck with quarantine and travel and quarantine before you get back to uh, the Hunter Valley. It's, it's a long trip for you. Thank you so much for having me. I really hope this inspires more females to get in the industry and just give it a go if it's something that they want to do. Ugh, I just find the stallion world so fascinating. It was so great to chat to Maddie about all of that today and her experience shuttling these stallions to the UK and, and back. She's doing a phenomenal job being a female in this incredibly male-dominated space and working with some real top-class stallions. As she mentioned towards the end of our interview, you know, Animo's going to stud this year and, and to the farm where Maddie is working. So that's going to be a really exciting time for her and, of course, for all of us to see how he goes at stud and, and what his progeny are like. I hope you enjoyed the chat today and learned a lot from Maddie. I certainly did. Uh, and next week we are moving on to an interview with a syndicator. So so I'm not going to name names just yet, but this lady uh, is very involved with female ownership in horses, which is really exciting and has a syndicate which is all about getting women into racing, which is so cool. So I'm really excited to chat to her. And, you know, I know a lot of our listeners and community members have gotten into racehorse ownership through syndication. So it's going to be really interesting to chat to her about how all of that works, what the process is in terms of buying and, and getting people into a horse and how they know which horses to buy and things like that, or which trainers to send them to. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting chat. I can't wait to pick her brain. So make sure you tune in again for next week. Again, if you don't want to miss that episode, make sure you are subscribed or following the podcast and it should hit your uh, podcast feed next Thursday morning. But until then, guys, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Maddie and I will catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 